Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, Amir Ryder here for the Cloud9 Podcast. My good friend and my, my guest for the day, Jake Dunlap, CEO of Scaled. Jake, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you, Amir? I'm good. I'm excited about this conversation because we both have been transforming sales pretty much for the last five, 10 years, probably more. And I've run into multiple times in Dreamforce and we've had the opportunity to collaborate. And I think the more that we've talked, we are kind of aligned with some of these transformations that are going to happen. So pumped about getting into this. Um, before I get into it, I know a lot of cool facts about you because I've seen you do training in person, all this stuff, but love to start off with some kind of random fact that nobody would know about you, um, even though you're always on podcasts and sharing some information. What's, what's one thing that you have not shared? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty open, dude. So one thing I have not shared, I mean, I don't think most people know that I was born in Iowa. I grew up in the Midwest. So I was born in Iowa. I lived on a farm. I lived on a feedlot for a while. Um, but Matana was born and had 900 people in the middle of like Northwestern Iowa. And I grew up in rural Iowa, Nebraska, the first part of my life. So that's probably a fast fact for some folks. 100%. So, I, I, you know, I, I, I actually, it's kind of interesting because we're talking about sales transformation. We're both involved in sales transformation, right? Um, recently, I remember you had a campaign where we were pushing a, a hashtag called, like, was it? Create the future. Create, Create the, the future, future. right? Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I jumped in on that because I'm like, create the future. Like, I love creating the future of sales, right? But I, I you know, diving into that, this is kind of a cliche comment. I don't want to be so vague, but like, what, like when we look at sales as a whole, what are the top three things you think the five to next 10 years are, are going to be actually changing? What do you, how do you want to create the future? Let's put it that way. If you had to imagine. Yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a few kind of critical factors that are going to go into what sales is going to look like. And to me, I, I part of me feels like, the writing's already on the wall for a lot of this. And I think that's the disconnect is I think a lot of people are just fighting things that, you know, it's pretty simple with B2B sales. If you look at B2C, everything B2C, all the trends, they come to B2B just 10 years later or 15 years later or five years, just depending on the trend, right? So the first thing I would say is, is transparency and a more project management type of process. Meaning not, not that we're going to become everyone scripted, but, because buyers have access to more information and people have been saying that for a long time, it's just actually true now. It, people are like, look, dude, just tell me what's going on. Like, can you imagine like, you know, it's like buying a house in, in the States, right? It was like 70% of homes were found by the person who bought it, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the real estate agent example, right? Of like, what's going to happen to the real estate agent? It, it's the same thing for B2B sales, which is like, people come in, they're like, look, dude, just tell me what's happening. <laughs> like, just, just, just give me the stuff here. Stop putting up these gates. It's like inbound Stop SDR crap. Or the band. Yeah, the, I, I'm ready. Like, I already know it's down to you too. Here's what I need to know. Here's the factors. I'm not saying don't do discovery, but I am saying that we, we've kind of, over the last five to six years, I feel like what's happened is the SDR, or even the first part of a, of a sales call is turned into a qualify. The, the focus is on the qualification and not the conversation. Oh yeah, that that's air quotes, dude. You might want to, we might want to write that one down. Qualification versus conversation. So, so that's 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 trend one is this idea of transparency and how do you give people access to information. Two is technology enabled. My best guess is people are using 
maybe 20% of their tech stack, maybe 30%. Yes, it's like a range. It's like five, you know. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see it being five to 10%. It's like, we, we these techs are evolving so quick, sales operations teams cannot keep up, right? We've got a whole division of our company that's focused on sales tech for that exact reason. So if you're, if you're not optimizing technology, you're going to continue to build and scale teams the way that you did before, which is you threw bodies at the problem. Yep. You know, you hire more people. It's more better people, to optimize a Google sp uh, spreadsheet than uh, software. It looks pretty, right? It, yeah, it looks, it, 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 it feels controllable, right? When you see this headcount cascade with quota attainment and ramp and churn, and it's this beautiful, predictable, in reality, it's like, well, actually, if I interject or use these technologies, I can hire half the people and get the same, if not better results. So te technology and, and how to actually use the tech is the other transformation that's going to happen. And, and I think three is just, and I talked about this maybe a little bit with one, I just feel like the role description is changing rapidly from a very stereotypical, um, you know, athletic competitive, you know, person to more of a strategic problem solver. And I think that is where all of sales is going to head. I think next so too. I, 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 you know, one thing that I'm working on that my CRO talks to me every day is, is active listening. You know, he's like, shut up and listen. Like you can just say that to me every day. So you're right. We're like that stereotypical profile is probably changing where like active listening is probably what people will see it. So, you know, an EQ versus persistence and, and, you know, the ability to take rejection, which is like that old school model, which made it sales, right? So yeah, I kind of, exactly. I kind, of agree. I, I kind of agree. I agree with all the things you're saying. And, and it's, it's, it's very interesting how I think some of these processes, like even predictable revenue, right? Like, which was years and years ago, we're still on that model in a way, but we don't really take into account that even the company that the model is built for is transforming sales. It almost transformed by all of its acquisitions, this platform, the need for that model, right? And I think it's lagging. And I think the reasons why people, the reasons why people follow the, these models that are there are, are not as customer centric as B2C, which is what you said, right? And I, That's I, right. it's not like, uh, you know, I've always seen interviews with Jeff Bezos, but he's like, you know, putting the customer first, you're going to win, right? And then they're like, well, what would you say to Walmart? And they said the same thing. He's like, I would say they're right and they're doing the right thing, right? And, and you can really look at that experience now and, and you can kind of say, well, that's kind of probably what's going to happen. And, and, and you got me thinking during this conversation. Exactly. And what you got me thinking about is like all of a sudden that explosion of drift and intercom and all these chats where like, they were focusing on that platform, that technology, almost transforming the way that MQLs and SQLs can be taken in. But I think they missed an opportunity to see that their actual technology could have just allowed a few bots to qualify something, talk to an NE and transact, something that could take yeah, 90 days. They missed the boat. Drift, drift, and intercom to me, drift and intercom to me are fads. Like, and, and I'm sorry to, to, to put it out there, but... Um, I, we, I've been talking to marketing leaders a lot and most B2B marketers are going back to form fills. <laughs> they've like actually, they've done, they've done that. They've done the data. And what happens is if you're in a, if you're a qualified person or executive, you're like, Oh, I got to talk to a bot. That's going to try to qualify me. Give me a break. Just get me on the phone with a salesperson right now. So, so I, I think here's the thing they can, they can become non fads if the goal is speed to book meeting, 
Exactly. But the way that they're being used now is a bot interaction, which who has time for that? Dude, are you kidding me? If I go and I hate that, that, that chat, I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't even are need to interact. Are you looking time, for this? If I'm next to a bot, I already know 90% of what I need. Uh, I need exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it was almost like built for a time from before, but they'll evolve. They're, they're both really smart companies. And, and it's also I, built, I love their- but it's also built to pay back investors. And you're forgetting that, right? When you build something right. to pay back investors, I'm sorry, but it's hard to focus on the customer and what they need because you have deadlines, you have KPIs. They are not in line with what customers need. They are in line with, with paybacks, right? And that's why even with this, you know, this conversation wasn't about those two technologies. I think they had an opportunity to transform sales and they, they kind of maybe missed it. Now you're seeing, and I especially see on Facebook on these groups, you see a lot of like intercom just raised my bill you know, by 40%, I'm switching, right? Um, and it's because they focus too much on revenue versus like, what are we actually doing with this tech, right? And 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 it's a conversation, I don't want to continue in that, but I think we all agree that like, yeah, you can learn from B2C. And it's kind of ironic what you said, like you can see what B2C is doing, copy to B2B. Yeah, totally ironic, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to buy, I mean, Amir, just think about it. You're trying to buy an airline ticket, right? Or you're trying to buy, they're trying to buy a house. Let's, let's move this up ticket item. You're trying to buy a new car, right? You want to go and click and do it and, and look around. Okay. So, I mean, just can you imagine that? Not that you don't, not that you might not want to chat with someone later, <laughs> but the whole beginning experience, you know, think about the last time anybody on this conversation bought a car. What'd you do? You went to the website, you clicked around, you had an idea of maybe two or three cars you wanted to buy. You did, and then you went to the dealership and yeah. then you engaged, and then you engaged in chat. Chat, and, and these things are not meant for top of funnel qualification. They're meant to help people when they're further down the intent funnel. I agree with you. And it's kind of funny you bring that up. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm about to buy a car. It's like, even buying a house in the car, the process could be so much smoother where you can like literally see in the back end, like when you need to get changed, what the warranty options are, yeah. what insurance options are, right? It could, it could, it could, yeah, it's a much, it's a much, my Tesla does that. I haven't bought a Tesla, but I know that Tesla has more of an online process, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's all about speed and, 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 and giving people the ability to buy and to return quickly. And like one thing I love about Amazon is like sometimes I lose packages because I have a big building, right? And they'll leave it here and like, I lose it. And I tell them in chat and I'm like, I never got this package. They don't even question me, they just refund me. You know no, I mean? they just send you. I mean, my gosh, dude, we had, we bought some, gosh, this is years ago, but we bought this like, I don't even know call it a chest or like a mantle piece. I don't know what this thing was, but it came like the bottom baseboard was cracked. They sent us a completely new one, yeah. right? Like, can you imagine in SaaS, bullshit. Right. What would happen is, you, you know, like, let's say the product didn't work or something happened and people are like, look, I need to restart our contract. It's been three months. We're still not live or using it. Well, we can do an upsell extension of uh, blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine a sales leader dealing with that? There is 0.0 chance they would actually do anything about it. Instead, they would they would go back to the sales room. They don't understand the sales like motion. They wouldn't understand that. Like, look, dude, it, it's about long creating long-term customers that is truly the game yeah i think i think that you know sales will continue to transform um this is an interesting question i'm going to position you you see this all the time you have a big sales ops i've worked with you hand in hand actually helping people's platforms i know that i know that you take it very seriously and you're a top partner for some some big organizations 
Um, do you think that leaders are under the impression that they can buy sales transformation by just simply buying a tech stack that a VP says, I want, or if they actually understand even what they're trying to transform? That's, man, that's a really, really good question, Amir. Um, well, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll give you a longer answer maybe than you're expecting, but you know, think about what sales typically has tried to solve problems many times in the past is we hire trainers. Right. We hire sales trainers like a one day session is going to fix our problem or two day session is going to magically. And there's certain times when it does. Right. Like whenever it's like, hey, we need a shot in the armor on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's when sales training to me is the most effective. I, I think a lot of times people sales, man, you've got to gosh, man, it's so interesting. I posted about this other day about being a VP of sales. And I've heard people who are sales leaders are now VCs. I won't get into that, that. To, to, like everything's your fault as a sales leader. I, I just feel like to admit, you, you, it's, it's, it's like there's a gap, meaning like if you're really early, you're okay to admit that you might need sales transformation, right? You're like, okay, yeah, we need to, we need to tighten up our screws. And then if you're like a really big company, you're like, yeah, hey, it's fine. More, more the merrier. I, I really feel like marketing doesn't do that, right? Marketing works with experts, right? They work with a performance agency, a PR agency, a, a digital agency, a web oh, agency, yeah. like, yeah. right? Like, but sales has none of that ecosystem. And, and, I, and I think that the reason that sales teams struggle to do sales transformation is it's just not how they grew up. Meaning like they grew up with getting a trainer to solve a problem. They grew up with a, you hire full-time people to solve a problem. And as sales transforms, we have to be comfortable with bringing in the right experts at the right stage or, or for what our challenge is versus thinking we're going to home grow every solution. And also being able to put aside our ego, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It's okay. You know, and, and I think that sales for a long time has just had the mindset and candidly executives, I, I blame CEOs and VCs just as much. Um, they don't support this, the sales leader in a sales transformation. They blame them. They say, well, why aren't you good enough? You're making more money than anyone in the company. Why aren't you, why aren't you better? And, and that, is the, that is the issue. It's like, we've got to be okay with supporting our sales leaders to bring in support, whether it's full, I don't care if you hire us or if you do it internally, it's, I mean, um, but, but I just feel like that is the gap that, that more companies, I think there's not a shortage of people that realize that sales is changing. I do feel like there's, there's definitely, and whether they admit it behind closed doors or publicly, there's a, a many sales leaders maybe feel helpless or, or, or like, what can I do? Um, am I admitting, am I a failure by admitting I need sales transformation? Hey, how are you able to join a company, hit forecast, beat forecast, coach your reps, implement processes? It's just like, they haven't even done it one time. And the one, because that's, and it's interesting, my question is like, a lot of times the old way of hiring off a resume would take into account years of experience over less time, but more relevant experience, right? Yeah. And I think we live in a world where like 17 years of being a VP of sales, crushing quota is okay. But if you're a new company or a company that's going in growth mode from five to 10 million, right? And just basically your first base, you're starting to figure out who your ICP is. You probably want to look at somebody who's got more relative experience or understand that there are organizations like scale that can give that relative experience to then support the person that you hire 
But if you hire the right. guy who's seen all his numbers in a well-working machine that understands ICP and it's been around, people don't ask. They don't go back and go like, oh, you were 19 years of this company. Well, how many years is that business in business for? Did there, you know, like they're they're not really you can do that, but you're you're gonna fail pretty much 90 percent of the time if you don't support somebody um with the areas that you're now tasking him to do, right? Because it's very easy on a resume to be like, I know outreach and I owe, I know Zoom, I know this, I know that. But in reality, you're almost asking too much from somebody. right. It's impossible. And, and Amir, Amir, these tools are evolving so quickly. Look, my yeah. own internal team. Are you kidding me? The the you know try scaling a a sales technology implementation business in today's world. Meaning, like, man, these tools are evolving so quickly, right? Yeah, and and so you know that's it. These tools are just evolving. There's no way if you are full time at a as a sales operations leader. It is impossible for you to stay up to speed on what is actually happening in the real world. What is happening in the real world is a set and a combination of tools that are coming out right now that you cannot even fathom what these tools can do if set up correctly. Like literally you cannot even fathom what, how different we should be scaling sales teams right now because sales leaders and sales operations teams do not understand what these technologies are actually capable of doing we continue it, it, it's a it's a common human bias right we look to the past to inform the future i think when we raise money from a bc or series a we definitely look at money allotted to a w2 very differently than a vendor right so i think yeah yeah very very true. You, if you tell people that, hey, you're going to spend 50K a year for outreach, but you're also going to have to spend 100 grand ongoing every year to make sure you're getting the most out of it, your sales will drop drastically. But the people are spending that hundred grand. They're just spending an under a W-2 for employees that don't have to treat their experience. <laughs> That's it. Like, what would you do with your performance advertising? Amir, Amir, the, the perfect comp, look, you have a hundred thousand dollars. You have, you have a half a million dollars a month to spend on ads or human beings to do outbound. Okay. Of course, like it is a foregone conclusion that you're going to spend 10% of that 500,000 on a performance management company to do the performance management. Uh-huh. It would be like for a company to be like, I'm going to spend $50,000 a month to optimize my people on sales what that is insane it's like it's the same thing it's, it's, it's leads it's leads it's the same it, thing it's an older it's, model it, where if i hired scaled to configure my outreach.io jake and his team are not going to work for me directly they're not going to come back to this party they're not going to get promoted and which is ironic is that people are leaving and changing jobs so fast that like that doesn't even happen anymore so like, <laughs> it'll change so, the reason yeah, they're so scared to change they're not even capitalizing on what they're scared to change because the person who, dude, the data is out there. VPs of sales are, are moving around every 18 months, SDRs 1.3 years. So it's like, and then now with, with COVID, us being remote, like people also don't have that excuse anymore of like, I want somebody in the office next to me. So it's like, yeah, their sales transformation, people need to understand, I think that the same way that a lot of their, a lot of people use a lot of people are kind of trying to use these sales tools for their own products or services, which are transforming something in a certain way that's very similar to like people as fast, you know, because it's a very constant, you know, experience that we're looking for. But then they don't actually embrace the fact that the same product or service that they're building that they expect people to buy, they're not buying it themselves. 
Does that make sense? Like they're not, yeah. like I actually had an outsourced sales company on my sales team. Uh, why? Why would I do that? Why not? I'll tell you why. why. He, referred me, he referred me a seven figure deal. Yeah. That yeah. off the bat made me feel like he was my teammate. And guess what? $5 million of revenue he generates, it's going to feel exactly the same in my bank account as $5 million of a W2 1099 contractor. That's right. Uh, I, 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 I mean, you know, the cool thing about it, Jake, is, is like, we won't get to go on, but like, I, I've learned from you a lot. Um, I've hoped that I, I've been able to share some stuff with you too. And I think that we just live in such a, like what you yeah. do on social is awesome because it's, it's very, very, very simple. It's like, hey, I understand revenue generation, sales tech and, and how to work hard, right? And those three components are missing with a lot of organizations that have great ideas, great products, great funding, and they, they miss that part, right? Um, and I'm sure you've helped a lot of people, right? I, I can imagine that you probably get like a lot of messages every day being like, hey man, your advice has helped me crush quota. Your advice is something here, which probably is fulfilling. Um, I look forward to the next five years working closer with you because you know, you're one of our partners. I, I refer business, you know, and I yep. will have it that whenever I, I've seen you in action, right? I, I've been, um, I've been at a client's training. I've seen your passion, right? And, and for me, I think that us sales transformation leaders, if we actually come together, we can transform sales versus trying to compete with each other because there is no competition if we're all saving the same problem, right? I love it. Um, which is exciting for me. And I guess I'll ask one last question before we go. What is the biggest challenge that you see? Because I know you see this every day, keeping sales leaders from hitting their targets it's not COVID. Like, let's forget about that. What is the biggest challenge you see? Training. Yeah, training. I don't, I, don't, I think we are because of, we've got like a, a, a chicken and egg problem where because people are staying at companies less, companies are not investing as much as they used to in training, onboarding, and continued education. Uh, sales is a profession, sales is a skill scale sales and le and leadership as you get promoted is a skill and it's a learned uh it's a learned trade and we it, it's like almost we're regressing and i think the number one reason I, I could almost pinpoint for most companies is their onboarding and continued education for their frontline their frontline leaders their directors is subpar are they budgeting um, too much money for tech and not enough for the the actual professional service component of that ongoing coaching? Like they buy course or gone, but they don't actually use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 and, and to, to be fair to the leaders, they're not trained how to use it. Right. So, so, you know, course or gone, don't, they don't even have a professional, they don't have, have that, you know, and again, we've, we've obviously had conversations. I, with I, know. Them I, I like, was selling surgical robotics at one point and yeah. they would rather do hand surgery by hand and eye versus a precision robot. Cause they didn't have the training and that was my job. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's for bad. now for now right exactly but that's the key is like we as leaders um we've got to invest in our people and get leverage out of you know and, and invest if they're going to leave they're going to leave etc but if you if you said jake what's the thing that's holding more people back from hitting their numbers it's i could almost always go pin pin go pinpoint i i wouldn't know what the the percent five ten fifteen twenty percent opportunity within the onboarding and training pro ongoing development process yeah it makes sense i'm i'm literally I feel like I'm on my first day of class, right? Like we hit five million revenue, I think on first base. So I think this is from the top down um, training, right? I, I think it's from everybody because, uh, you know, and I think Agreed. leaders, if they don't accept the fact that they need training themselves, the culture will never come down from the top, right? It just yep. won't. So 
Dude, Jake, this is awesome. We can talk forever, and I think we will have more, much more conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's a good conversation, man. Um, I think before we got we into some shit today, we got into it, man. That's going to be a good one. We're pretty obsessed with just like efficiency and like a better. <laughs> you know what I mean, so like our two type A personalities can always like bump heads, but at the same time, they'll always we'll always have a common trait that like we just want things to be better and smoother, right? You know, we don't live in a perfect world. Hell, we can have a better buying experience. You know what I mean? So, I agree. This is awesome, Jake. I, I appreciate you coming on the Cloud9 podcast. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you and, and learn from all the awesome stuff you post. Uh, LinkedIn, man. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm there every day chopping it up when it's I not down. I on Instagram. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram too. Jake, under, Jake underscore, underscore Dunlap underscore. Um, and yeah, find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. If you want to see me post about smoking brisket and things like that. Austin brisket cookers but Jake I'll let you go um we have to transform sales. thank you everyone yeah I appreciate it man really I enjoyed the conversation and uh, I look forward to just continuing this journey man sounds good brother thanks everybody